Welcome to Truth Pudding, your weekly serving of unconventional advice for conscious entrepreneurs and ambitious weirdos looking to create a life of freedom, fun, and fulfillment. Join us, your hosts, Celine DaCosta and myself, Tessa Mack, as we dive deep into some seriously raw and real topics that are far too uncomfortable for most people to ever talk about. This show delivers radical honesty, all while having fun along the way. You'll see. Welcome back to Truth Pudding, the only podcast where you get served realness on a silver platter. (laughs) So today we're going to be talking about the weird shit that you only learn from living in a village. And mind you, this is coming from two very seasoned, born and raised city girls. Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) Seriously. Let's get into it. So just a little bit of a of context. Me and Tessa have been living in a small village here in Bali for about uh, 15, 15 months 15 now. Months. Yeah, 15 months. We got, you know, quote unquote stuck here ever since the COVID pandemic hit and haven't really left since then. Although Tessa is very, very soon about to go back to Los Angeles, which is, and I'm staying here. So that's going to be really interesting as well to inform the conversation. So, so yeah, we live in a village. It has about like the, the district village has about 40,000 people in total. And then there's like the sub village, which has around half of that that we live in. And yeah, it's a tiny little town or village. It's technically a village so weird as they define it and everybody knows each other you know it's the small town like some of you are from small towns so you get it some of you are from cities are like i don't know i don't relate so either way i'm I'm sure we'll have you laughing from either sides and and yeah we have been here for 15 months and we're frequently you know joking about how you know wow is this what village life is like is this what we do is this what happens and joking so much to the point that we decided that we needed to just record an episode about yeah, this like we only just realized like a month ago that we actually live in a village and since then I've been like whoa <laughs> yeah so on my end I I have you know I was born and raised in Rome Italy which is one of the most epic beautiful you know cities on the whole planet I'm not biased or anything but it is and and I then I did a little bit of a eight-year hiatus when I was 10 we moved to the U.S. and I was stuck in Connecticut which is the time that I, I don't want to talk about it but I know that at some point in this podcast I will have to talk about it and yeah so eight years of just being like oh my god I hate this freaking suburb I don't like living here it's so small everyone knows each other ah like you know no way get me out of here and the moment that you know I finished high school I escaped back into my comfort zone which was Philadelphia that's where I went to university and then I went to go work in New York City the big city of dreams and after that, after I lived in New York City for about three years, at that point, I've been living in, in, a, in back in cities for about seven years. That's when I started traveling the world. And then in that case, you know, I did go to a lot of cities and non-cities and villages and small places, but it was never more, you know, than, than a couple of weeks at a time. If I did stay in anything small, like a village or a suburb or anything like that, it was always just a handful of, day, of, of days. Um, and so, yeah, and part of, of my routine when I was traveling is I would come to Bali twice a year to reset from city life. So I remember, for example, I would do my summers in Europe and I'd be like city hopping from one place to another. And then I would just get like, oh my God, I'm so tired. I'm so sick of the city. And then I would go to Bali for like a month and a half, two months. I would like reset, take a chill pill, relax. 
and then go back into another like South America crazy cities situation and then come back to Bali reset and then go back to US big city conferences blah 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 reset so I, I was in this routine of basically coming back into the village that we live now and just being like okay let me just breathe for a couple months regroup myself and then venture out back into the big city world so that's on my end. I know, well, Tessa's from freaking Los Angeles, so yeah. she, she knows. Stereotypes are real, guys and <laughs> girls and others. Um, yeah, so I was born in Los Angeles. I lived there until I was 18 years old. And then I went to New York City for college and stayed there for another two and a half years afterwards. So I'm 75% a New Yorker because you had to live there for 10 years, apparently, to be a New Yorker. And now that I haven't been there in two years, I feel like I have no idea what's going on anymore. Like, it makes no sense to me. And then some other places I've lived for time periods between six months and two years were Las Vegas, which was interesting. I lived in London for two years and I lived in Florence, Italy for one year. And to me at the time, Florence felt like a small town. I was like, I can bike across Florence in like an hour. <laughs> like I know it like the back of my hand. Mm-hmm. And so that was also a very long time ago. It was almost 10 years ago, which is crazy. But now, like Celine, for the past few years, I would also come to Bali to reset. It didn't, it wasn't like my home. It was, it was that place I would go when I got too stressed out from the city. I'd come here for a few months and then go right back into the midst of it. And now we are both, we have both been here for 15 months. This is the longest that I have not traveled since I was 18. So not only is this the first time I've lived in a village, but it's also the longest stretch of time that I have been anywhere in my adult life. And I'm about to go back in a few days. Yeah, and similar to that, for me, I was traveling for, get this, four years before the whole corona pandemic happened. And I had not been in one single place or country rather for more than five weeks in four years. And even within that five week period, I was still moving around. So I was still moving cities. So really it was, it was very rare for me to be even being in the, in one house or one Airbnb for more than like seven to 10 days at a time. And that's over the course of four years. I remember one time you were showing me, you're like, I put my stuff in drawers today. (laughs) I remember you showed me a picture and everything. Yeah. It took me when I moved, when I started to slow, it started to creep in that we weren't going to leave Bali anytime soon. I actually started to put my clothes in drawers for the first time in, you know, since I lived in New York four years prior. And I remember telling Tessa like, wow, this is, I really like, I love the luxury of putting my clothes in a drawer. It it just feels so new and novel to me, you know, it's just something that so many people take for granted. So yeah, I was way, way, way on the other side of the spectrum when it comes, when it came to living anywhere for, for an extended period of time. And by extent, I mean anything more than like 10 days. So yeah, you know, I, to me, I, I was really, as a born and raised city girl, I really loved cities and and, you know it's like what did I love cities I really loved the hustle and bustle of it the potential that limitless potential that comes with living in a city how you have all these different kinds of people doing all these different 
things from different corners of the world and they're smart and they speak multiple languages and they're good looking i'm specifically talking about new york not necessarily yeah. <laughs> and la not necessarily all the cities but not las vegas um, not, <laughs> sorry yeah and you know everybody's doing something everybody's up to something and what i really loved about cities and what excited me was that non-stop energy that just makes you feel like you're creating and you're creating and you're doing and you're going and you're going so you know that's what i learned about the city was just like, wow, this is a place where I can plug in and just freaking go. And I'm on a mission. I'm going to get things done. And, and I liked it. Part of me really liked that, that busyness and that like quote unquote productiveness. But you know what I, there's also a lot of things I didn't like about the city, which is actually, you know, all of this hustling and bustling that one part of me really enjoyed. Then there was another part of me that deep, deep inside was like, what is this for really? Because honestly, there was this part that I was too busy to reflect on, which is that I feel like I'm doing a bunch of busy work and there is, you know, a lot of keeping myself busy so that I can always feel like I'm doing something. So I'm always accomplishing something, but not actually. So it was actually a confusing experience because on one hand, I was in the city and the energy of the city just makes you feel like go, go, go. But on the other hand, there's like that little voice in the back of your head. At least this was the case for me that would be questioning, what is it all for really? But then on the other hand, you don't actually have that much time or space to question what it's all for really because you're too fucking busy doing the city life. And then it's just like this cycle of I'm too busy. Why am I this busy? What am I actually doing with this time? Is it really contributing to my purpose? And then, but like, no, I don't have time to like reflect on that. I don't have time to do that. So yeah, that's kind of like my deal, like my love-hate relationship with the city. How about you, Tess? Um, I mean, I obviously agree with the good-looking, interesting, smart, different types mm -hmm. of people and culture. So I'm not going to repeat that, but I think something that I really love, the love-hate part for me really actually came with the types of people I'd hang out with. So my whole life, I never had a group of friends. Like I always had one friend I really liked in each group. And so I'd hang out with them and then like their friends and then I'd go to the next one. And I didn't realize it at the time, but how much that was isolating me. So I really loved the diverse array of types of characters you could hang out with because you had so many options. So it's like, you know, if I wanted to hang out with my fashion friend today or my business friend or my like weird, crazy psychedelic friend or whatever I wanted, you know? Oh so God. I really loved it's like dating in the city. It's like, I'm going to go on the date with Brooklyn guy yes. and then like the finance guy exactly. and then the artist. And it was like this array, this platter of like different dates. Yes. Like, little oh my tastings. God. Like, yeah, little tastings of like the fancy $15 cocktail restaurant. And then you're going to like the artsy gallery in Bushwick, you know? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And so I, I love that, but I, it also made me quite scattered. And, it all, and then in terms of activities and stuff I was doing, I always felt like, like, I'm going to be somebody today when I woke up and like, I have somewhere to be like, I'm so busy. My schedule, like, well, I can't make it today because I have to go commute uptown to go to this thing and just blah, blah, blah. And it just, it gave me this sense of what I now see as like false purpose. Ooh. 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 <laughs> and, um, like, you know, and because of that, I, it really was easy to hide what was truly underneath, which was a lack of direction and like some sort of emptiness that I wasn't filling for myself. And so while it was super fun to indulge in at the end of the day, it's not what left me fulfilled. And I wouldn't learn this until way later when I moved into a cute little village. <laughs> Damn, girl, you're dropping some like nonchalant truth bombs in there. But OK, that's what we're here to do. 
So yeah, anyways, so me, Tessa, city girls, and we've known each other for a few years now. And we actually met here in Bali and we've also gone through, I mean, we've, we've done, we've done a few rounds. We've done Italy together, Pakistan, Pakistan, India, Italy, you know, no, Italy, US. Where else have we been? I feel, I feel like, like there's one more, but there's, I'm blanking. There's gotta be more. There's more. Anyways. Maybe it was the last lifetime. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe it was another lifetime, but anyways, we've done quite a bit of traveling together and Greece. Did I say that oh, one? Yeah, that, that one. Was- and, uh, and so, you know, we got on almost into the rhythm of arriving to Bali at the same, a similar time, hanging out for a couple months. Totally and then, coordinated yeah, it. totally coordinating <laughs> our, our breaks. So we decided to come back, come here in February of 2020. And we're like, all right, let's go hang out in Bali. And I remember that, what was it that you said that you were saying earlier about me, like me bragging about Oh <laughs> yeah, so Celine, she was like, okay, this is gonna be huge for me because it's the first time in like four plus years that I haven't gone anywhere in 20 weeks. I'm staying here for 20 weeks. Like no matter what happens, no matter what event in like the other part of the world that I need to go to, no matter who, if it's Tony Robbins, a seminar, whatever, I'm staying here for 20 weeks and it's gonna be amazing. I'm gonna ground myself. <laughs> and this cosmic joke was on me be careful what you wish for yeah i was really proud of myself because as you will have probably heard if you've been listening to our episodes by now i was going through in 2020 a very gnarly like spiritual internal reorganization like internal world rewriting my story awakening situation corporations being reorganized seriously like my whole internal sense of self was just being was getting restructured and I was really struggling with my love life I had you know I suffered from really toxic relationships and I was basically on the journey on the path to healing that once and for all and I remember thinking to myself oh my god I need to be in Bali so you know same reason same old same old so I can heal my and I can find myself and there's so much access to like energy healers here so much access to like really amazing modalities and so so yeah we came here in February with the intention of doing what we always do which is let's chill out in Bali for a few months reset and then we can get back into the the city life until you know inevitably we burn out again or we're in verge of burnout in the next few months and we can come back to Bali again reset rinse repeat rinse repeat and then and then <laughs> we we got stuck. We got stuck, <laughs> but we we liked it. But we liked it, yeah. And I remember the day where me and Tessa we were sharing a villa at that point. It feels like lifetimes ago. And I just remember like us looking at each other, thinking like in the middle of airports were shutting down in the U.S. and Europe, and and thinking to ourselves like, do we need to go back home? I remember having this inner conflict of do I go back home or do I stay? And, you know, now fast forwarding 15 months, there's so many people who message, you know, us and are like, oh, you're so lucky that you're in Bali and you get to be in nature and you get to like ride this out there while, while you know, the, the corona pandemic is happening. And, you know, what, what people didn't necessarily understand is in the moment, like in March of 2020, that was not an easy decision to yeah, make. Yeah, it was super scary. It was not like there was a the crime rate was just you it's know it's like staying in a third world country yeah. indefinitely. Yeah, and the con- crime rate was was you know skyrocketing. There was like certain communities that was blaming it like on the expats. Like it was it was quite nerve wracking. We had to, three people try to climb up through our right. roof. Once. Yeah, we had like people try to break into our villa. So it wasn't like a no brainer to be in Bali. You know, now I'm really really grateful and appreciative that I made this decision because honestly, 
there's nowhere else I'd rather be or have been during this pandemic. But back then it was like an actual, like, is it safe to stay here in a third world country that I'm, you know, technically at that time, like now we have residencies and we have companies here and things like that. But at the time we were like, you know, tourists and it's like had, we could get kicked out right, any moment. kicked out any moment and then the borders are closed and then we can't go anywhere. So lots of uncertainty, lots of questioning happening. But you know, long story short, we decided we were going to stay. Um, I actually wanted to mention something. I don't know if you remember this or not, but it really stuck with me. It was a deep moment of truth putting. We were in our first villa of the three we've lived in here. And I remember you said to me after we both made the decision to stay, you were like, Tessa, we're, you know, being here is such a privilege and we're so lucky to be here. Like we need to take this time while other people are having a much harder time because in Bali, like the, we, we were able to sort of maintain somewhat of a normal life. And mm-hmm. you're like, we need to use this time to really grow as people so we can bring that back into the world and help others. Did I say that? You did. It was so deep. Wow. <laughs> I was like, um, wow, girl. This is why I like being friends with you. You just bookmarked the smart shit. Like, I, I was like, wow, <laughs> that's a really good point. Well, I meant it. <laughs> and lo and behold, here we are sharing the story, you know? Yeah. Actually, now that you say it, I do, I do we remember. We were standing outside by the pool. Yeah, I do remember it. So thank you for being the keeper of those words. And mm-hmm. I still fully resonate with them and mean it that, and I think we, we have, we have have done just that you know in that year of of being in bali you know quote unquote stuck here i'm using that word obviously now facetiously as you can hear but in that time we really did so much work on ourselves like i mean i know you you i can speak for both of us because i mean I, we were fucking living next door to each other so i take know it away, take it away. Like, i know this was happening for you too it's yes. not like i'm you know speaking for you that we were both just going inwards and so much trauma healing inner child work like working on ourselves and our insecurities and what we were afraid of i mean we really went super super deep and i feel that we just started to emerge on the other side of that tunnel in the past few months which is actually right around when we decided to create this podcast to share these stories with you all so anyways back to the community so yeah so that was our commitment to ourselves is like okay we're gonna stay here for the unforeseeable future and we're gonna be here to work on ourselves, to heal ourselves, um, and act and do whatever it is that we need to be doing to to grow and evolve as human beings, so that we can take that outwards whenever this whole thing ends. Having no idea that that was going to be 15 months yeah, later, seriously. we'd still be here. And and so something really really interesting happened in Bali during this time. All the tourists left. All the influencers left. All the, All tourists the influencers left. left. Oh my god. They went to Tulum, <laughs> but, but yeah, so everybody, there was just like this mass exodus. There was only like 4,000 expats left. I think it was around, island. it was 6,000 okay. at the lowest point. There was around, um, six, like when they closed the borders and basically a lot of people were really scared and they fleed Bali. A lot of people deported. Like it, it was just a, this yeah. mass exodus where Bali went from being this super, even, even being a quote unquote village, even though they call it a village with all the tourists that it's like, you know, when you look at Venice, like Venice is technically a village, but then you insert all the freaking tourists and it becomes this like really crowded place. You remove all the tourists and Venice is like not that many people. It's like, and the 6,000 by the way, was in the whole island, not our, not our, not our village. Yeah. Yeah, The whole freaking island. And so there was just like this point where it was so quiet and you could finally feel that this was a village, This was right? happening. <laughs> yeah, because before it's like, 
bikes and motor like cars and, and new people traffic and new people every week and just like people coming in and out and revolving out in and out the door and then boom like this vacuum and all of a sudden all that were like it was like the last one standing we you know we really were and and you know we had this the the expat community in bali has always been like super connected lots of events here you know obviously like living in a foreign country many many events and things for us to support each other and in, in, in the experience of being an expat and but this time it was just like it, it was bare bones and and I think you know reflecting back now that living through that experience was one of the biggest blessings because this was when I started to learn what people meant when they talk about community yeah for the first we both for the first time had a true community experience yeah I would say yeah I mean similar to Tessa I also Growing up, I didn't have a group because I moved around. I mean, by the time I was 18, I'd moved over a dozen places in three different countries. And so I didn't grow up with that sense of like community or group of friends that I would always hang out with. And and Tessa, neither. And I remember when we realized that we would go to, you know, restrict. there was some restrictions in Bali. And, and even with restrictions, we're still able to go to restaurants or even pick things up. And we would go to events or places and it would just the be like the people. same people. And I remember Tessa was horrified. My, my introverted <laughs> self was like, oh my God, I feel like I'm on blast. I can't get away with anything. Let us, why were you, why were you, anything. I mean, I wasn't comfortable about it I'll, and I'll share why I was uncomfortable about it, but you and I were uncomfortable for d- different reasons. I feel like I'm just one of those people who... I almost would say that there's a part of me that is actually more comfortable with strangers than a bunch of people being really close to me. And I think that comes from like childhood stuff, blah, 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 who cares? But basically I having like all these eyes on me that knew what I was doing all the time made me panic. And it's not like I was doing all these like crazy things. And I was like, wow, people, everyone, I can't go anywhere and have people not know what I'm doing. <laughs> And let's also just say that me knowing Tessa's like patterns, she she really values her privacy. She's yeah, got some sure. some traumas and some some blockages yeah. around like people invading her privacy. For so sure. the 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 I remember that seeing her like just cringe, like going to a restaurant and there'd be somebody there that we saw maybe like twice yeah. that week, and it, just her being like, "He knows everything I'm doing." I'm like Tessa, he's not like, I'm like he doesn't relax. care. <laughs> he doesn't care. Relax. He's not like following. He's not following you. Okay. And well, yeah. On that note, you you. You should definitely listen to, you know, when you were saying like traumas, blah, 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 who cares? Well, we care and we actually have covered it. Do you want me it. to? Yeah. No, so we don't need to go deep. We've gone into it. You know, yeah. we've done That's a, what we like, yeah, talked about it. For sure. Check episode. out like our podcast on the attachment theory because we really do go into yeah. like where that avoidant the avoidance pattern is pattern. secret. Like I need to be avoidant and very secretive and very private pattern for Tessa's coming from. But yeah, anyways, she, you didn't like it. it yeah. yeah. It triggered the fuck out of me. Yeah. Yeah. And for me, I was also getting really triggered for I would say slightly different reasons for me where I was coming from was well I've been traveling for the past four years and even though when I started traveling at first I did this you know one year project couch surfing around the world and it was a social experiment experiment that launched my career and that was really great but then there was a point I would say like around the one and a half year mark I would one and a half two year mark where it stopped being about like my my purpose and and like really this curiosity and hunger to see the world and it started to become like an avoidance pattern that I was slipping into for me to avoid being choosing somewhere to live so you were running away from your life yeah well it wasn't I wasn't running away from my life I don't think it was more that I I grew up never feeling like any place was home Uh. so it felt comfortable for me to not ever have a home 
So that was like my comfort zone. And even when I lived in New York City for three years, I never felt like that was my home. And so I was like, oh, I'm going to, you know, go here. I mean, you go probably to... moved a lot too in New York. Yeah, for even in New York. I moved oh my 12 God, every times yeah. in like six and a half yeah, years in New York. Completely unstable there. And um, even traveling, like now I, I thought to myself, this is going to be more than 20 weeks. Oh, fuckity fuck. And so what does that mean? Does that mean I have to put my clothes in the drawer? But then what if I have to leave like again? Then do I have to like unpack my clothes and put them in the suitcase yeah. again? I remember you had yeah. this fear that like suddenly you get kicked out in this like roots you put it and in the Yeah, from you. exactly. It was just this lack of safety and almost like I felt unsafe being there because at any moment I could have... I made to leave and so I almost I didn't want to attach myself to the village I didn't want to feel attached to anything I didn't even want to buy more clothes even though I needed them because I, I had packed a bag for, a few for three months and then I'm like oh no worries I'll go back to Italy and get my stuff and then I needed these clothes and I refused to buy them because I'm like well no that won't fit my suitcase when I inevitably leave a couple months from now and that fantasy kept on going for a few months and for me it was just this this like feeling of I'm afraid to to make friends with people because then I'm going to leave. I'm afraid to like root myself in this place because I'm just going to be more disappointed and hurt when I inevitably like have to bounce and not see everybody again. And so that it's was like a narrative. falling in love and being afraid the person's going to leave you. Right, right. And when it comes to like anxious avoidant, that was the avoidant part of me. Mm-hmm kicking in and being like, nope, I'm totally avoiding the fact that I'm, I don't want to live here. I don't want to sign a long lease. I don't, I just don't, no, 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 get it away from me. And so when me and Tessa started inevitably getting sucked into the community, and I say that really lovingly because, you know, we, there's only so many times that you can run across somebody, at least a friendly person until they're like, Hey, what's your name? And then it's like, Oh, we got to give him the name. We got to give her the name. You know what I mean? Uh Oh, <laughs> Hey, you want to come to this? Like, event or do you want to well we just disclaimer we there wasn't like big events but you know like in do you open wanna, spaces in open spaces like do you want to come to this breath work you know ceremony thing do you want to come to this cacao ceremony all the ballet stuff and you're just like uh no, i know we yes, sound like such yes. stereotypes yes. right now yes but yeah we we do sound like stereotypes okay. and that's fine because we, like uh, we can own it breath work are great i love cacao and i love breath work yeah. i i don't even care if that's a bali stereotype i will fully brazenly own it and yeah so we you know i know for myself i was getting super into the into the breathwork community like private breathwork sessions every single day with a teacher and then i I pulled every single week yeah not every day that's too much (laughs) and then i just very quickly like pulled tessa into that vortex and then we started to do breathwork training practitioner training together so all of a sudden we're going to the same breathwork circles, the ex- same exercise classes, the same cafes, and long story short, you know how it goes. You're going to the same places over and over again, and there's not that many people there. You start to form a sense of community, like you know people's yes. names. They know who you are. You go to events. You talk to each other. You kind of like have a pulse on what's going on in their life and what's going on in the community as a whole. And, and I just remember like me and Tess, we were, we were having a lot of resistance and anxiety about it in the beginning. And then there was just a point where we were like, fuck it. This is it. Baby. When was the moment that you think you really were like, okay, I'm like part of this community. Was there a moment? Yeah. Well, it wasn't one singular moment. It was more like a phase or like okay. a period of time, which is about, I would say it was around a few months, three to four months after we originally landed in Bali and we started to do our breathwork practitioner training, which was 400 plus hours. And it was all in person. So not online, 
in person every week same we'd have to people. meet with the same six people and then right after we'd have to go facilitate a breathwork circle with the same people coming in and out every single week and that was like for what four months in a row and and that was the point where i'm like wow okay i have a place to be every single wednesday and if i'm not there i mean granted i would show up as myself but if i wanted to freaking walk into a you know an event uh, or cocktail party and say that my name was linda and i was from france like i could absolutely just make up a bullshit story and tell people that i never did it although it does sound like fun sounds really fun but uh, but i couldn't i could get away with it and just the fact that i could get away with it was like this like ooh, you know this this high of i can be anywhere i want anyone i want to be and i can be as unfriendly as i want to be or i can be as friendly as i want to be and i will never see these people again so who the fuck cares that was not the case anymore so yeah being part of a community i think what i I really want to what i'm getting pulled into right now is is let's talk about what we've learned because you know there's some people listening who are like yeah okay big deal tessa and celine like Like, good for you good for you you're part gold star you're part of a community i've been fucking doing it for a lifetime and there's people that are like well i've never been a part of a community i'm curious and um good news is that what we want to share will apply to you whether you have been a community and you know what it feels like or not because there's some really freaking truth putty isms that we've extracted from our experience of 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 like living in this small tight-knit place where everybody knows everybody everybody knows everybody's freaking business we like everyone's attending like i can you can point someone out at a cafe to me and i'm like oh this person goes to like breath work every week and they go to this ceremony at this place like it's just like we have it's it's just having this pulse yeah and it's it's really interesting to start even during this time of covid when you know i feel like so many people were isolated it's mm-hmm. what's really interesting that happened here in bali is that people here were brought closer together in a tighter community than was possible before when there was all these new people coming yeah. in and out because there were so few of us that we had to like band together to support one another yeah. you know uh, in so many ways we had to support one another because you know again i recognize i see this fully recognizing it that there were so many people out there that we're having a way way worse time with us that we're having a lot of difficulties that we're having a lot of struggles and on our end we i would say we relatively we we had it easy honestly like i don't i don't know how else to put it and and i'm not you know i'm not saying that from a place of like oh haha like like we had it easy look at us but more like understanding that and and understanding that you know i have a lot of gratitude and a lot of just like just I don't know like I don't know how to say it it's just like it's not a thing is it luck is it I don't know what it is and it doesn't really matter because what's really important was what we learned and and the lessons that we learned that we can now bring out into the world yes yeah and so shall we get to the first lesson yeah which is this is a fun one number one (laughs) you can't get away with shit And I want to make a little (laughs) disclaimer just to like make this community vibe even more freaky is basically like, so Celine and I both go to breathwork one-on-one as to many of our friends and our breathwork teacher was almost like our 
therapist. So oh my it's like, God. imagine having the same therapist as all of your friends and then also hanging out with your therapist with your friends. Yeah. So it like, was, it like blew my mind. Yeah. It's like there was a point where when I was with my ex, it was like our teacher was coaching me, coaching Tessa, coaching my ex, coaching like our closest and I lived friends with and we were, and we lived together and we were all like being coached by the same person and then hanging out with that person who in turn like tur- coached the whole community. And oh my God, it was, it was such, it was, so anyway, the point is that there was many times I'm, I, I don't even know what it's like to be sitting in his seat to, when I'd be like, yeah. well, Tessa like did this and then yeah, Celine yeah. did that. And then my ex would be like, well, Celine did this thing. And there's this, like, so <laughs> you get to this point where you're like, everyone's going to find out if you're not in integrity because yeah. we all are talking to the same people. And you so- can't get away with shit. You, you you can't get away with anything, no. right? Like, and, and that's the thing, it, it, you know, and I just, what I want to share is that, I mean, I feel like relatively, I don't have a lot of shit to get away with. Like, I feel pretty good about, like, I'm not, like, storing deep, dark yeah. secrets. But or it, I don't have, it's like, more like you, you have to really be impeccable with your word yeah. and make sure that you're not doing these, you know... It's bad. Con- it's or, confronting. Yeah, it's like you you actually have to behave in a way that is caring towards others and yeah. compassionate because if you don't, unlike in New York City or wherever, where you can do that and treat someone a certain way and no one will find out here, it's like every yeah. literally everyone will find out. Yeah, everyone will know your laundry clean and dirty on the from the inside out. And you know, it's it's you know, I'll give some examples like if you had during this time you had to be very careful who you were sleeping with yeah. and thank god this was like the period where i was absolutely yeah i was i was i was in a celibate period thank the lord and then i had you know my first relationship in five years and then right after that my other so i didn't have to like play this game but yeah if you were sleeping around with people like we would everyone would know who you were her sleeping boyfriend with. lives in a different village so it was like long distance yeah yeah when i started dating my now my now partner he was in a different village so it was like quote, it made it easier it made it easier but yeah it's it's like if you're sleeping around like and you're doing sketchy shit like you know if you're a fuck boy like people are gonna know what you're doing they're gonna know who you're sleeping with you're gonna know that you like those girls like in your City where you can like date five girls and they'll never find out about each other. Those girls will find out and you will pay. And they're probably friends with them it. too. Yeah, probably friends with them too. Or things like you know, if you you know have a fight with somebody, like they'll find like. And now you can't go to the same event because now like you're mad at each other and everybody knows you are. So now like you have to choose like. Yeah, there do was, you want to go to the event? There do you was wanna- literally an event where some people weren't present and we were convinced it was because of some like drama that happened with some of the other people. Yeah, exactly. If you have an STD forget about it everyone's gonna know <laughs> so it's things like that where which where means it to be honest with you, the, your when, yeah so the flip side of that is number one it's confronting because it, you know especially if you're used to being in a city where you get to be anonymous or if you just you know like being a liar which hopefully this is called truth pudding so hopefully that's you're not into lies yeah. this isn't the lie pudding this isn't the lie sorbet this, this isn't where uh, we do the lying stuff so yeah it's just you you gotta like be a friend you gotta be honest and and that's really what it is it's confronting but but really it makes the, you a better person yes. it because it's like because you have to behave in this certain way which you know ideally we all would be but in the chances we weren't it you actually have to face it and have a conversation with the, all the people who suddenly are involved because that person might tell the next person who tells the therapist who's the same as yours oh who, my god and it's just like suddenly Wildfire. suddenly you have to have these like very intimate real conversations with like five people because of this one thing that happened oh my god yeah and so because of that and that experience it really invites you to evolve as a person and conduct yourself in a way that's in integrity with everyone around you yeah like 
let's say, let's give an example and we'll use fictional names. Like, let's say that I get into a cartuffle, what is it the word that you use? Confluffle, an argument with my friend Joe, who's also gonna be friends with Tesla because we hang out in the same community. And then Tessa tells Bob, right? And and so now it's it's Joe, it's Tessa, it's Celine, it's Bob. And now my friend Joe is complaining to Tessa about me. And then she tells Bob. And then Bob's telling me. And then it just becomes this like just cluster. While we all go to the same While therapist. We, and then we like go to the same <laughs> therapist and go to the same freaking circle every week. So what that taught us is look, like you can let that happen. It's not gonna feel good. It's gonna feel awkward and we don't wanna live like that. So actually one of the, the silver linings of that that we really, I, I feel like I went from like zero to fucking 60 in this year on this area of my life alone is conscious communication. Oh yeah, And, and just being like, hey Joe, instead of, you know, old me would have been like, fuck Joe. That Latina you know, fire yeah, would come up. Never talking to Joe again. Fuck that guy. Bye, I'm leaving the country. Like deleting you from my phone, goodbye. And you can't do that, you can't. The other option, the immature option is to just be like, okay Joe, like I'm just gonna pretend like you don't exist even though we see each other at every other event. Like let, let me just pretend like you're not there. Except you, which you is childish. Can't. You honestly can't because can. you're gonna run into them like. And then there's the mature, like conducive growth oriented solution, which is I'm gonna have a conversation with Joe. I'm gonna share what my feelings are. I'm gonna hold like my boundaries and I'm gonna share it, listen to his feelings, and then we're gonna work it out. And then we're going to clear it and we're going to decide, do we want to stay friends or do we want to be friendly? But a decision must be made. It's so mature. Sometimes I pinch myself. Yeah. Sometimes I'm like, I can't believe I'm having these like highly mature, like let's, I know it's going to be conflict, but let's sit down together. Let's have a tea and let's like talk this out and come out with a, with a favorable outcome. And that's something that personally, like I always Cause yeah, in the attachment style episode, you'll hear about like, I have an avoidance pattern. And so that would make me like want to run for the hills, but like, there are no hills. It's a village. Yeah. And so I've gotten really, and you know, living with Celine, who's very like confronting, but in the best way, it's like, I've gotten, I feel like dealing with all of this, like anywhere else in the world I go is going to be like kindergarten. Right. It's going to be, I have this feeling that anytime there's an issue with anyone from, it's just going to be so neutral. Yeah. I mean, I've learned how to, how to sit in the discomfort of conflict, how to mediate it. So it's not just about me, but it's about like a joint desired outcome and how you can grow from that and how you can grow from that. Mm -hmm. I've learned to think about more than myself because when for example, there's a conflict that arises with someone. You can't just be like, oh, this is between me and this person. You have to think about the health of the community as well. Yeah. Because it's like if, for example, if we're going to breathwork circle and it's the same 25 people every week, then talking, you know, having, clearing that is going to affect, like to go into it and ignore each other makes it awkward for everyone else. And you got to think about those people, Yeah. you know? And so I think one of the really powerful traits, and this, these are things that we're talking about. We learned in a village, but this is going to stay with me. Like yeah. I'm carrying this with me no matter where I live in the future, which is the importance of addressing conflict head on, doing it from a loving, like compassionate place and yeah. being able to work towards a desired outcome that benefits the collective. Yeah. A solution that works for everyone. Yeah, exactly. Without being a people pleaser. Ooh, mm-hmm. I like mm-hmm. that. Exactly. exactly. So th- that we like, I feel like now we're just we're like conscious. Com- yeah, we're freaking, we can, I can navigate a minefield of fucking conflict now. I feel so confident in that. And so um, that was thanks to, to living in that small community where because of all of these people are seeing each other over and over again and living, like sharing experiences, of course, there's going to be conflict. Of course, there's going to be people butting head. And how do you mediate that so that 
it's good. It feels good for you. And also it doesn't like impact the vibe of the whole freaking tribe. And in you know? doing that, it also makes you care about the other people more. Yeah, for so sure. You, you know, you're always in, it's like, I guess having a large family, which I don't like, it's my parents and like my grandma. Mm-hmm. So I never also, I never had that even in my family dynamics. So this has been like the first, yeah, the first experience where I really am like, have to consider all the different intricacies and energies and like yeah. how people, you know, how people yeah. react. Yeah. Which brings us to the next lesson, which is, you grow faster as a team. Yeah. I love this one. I, no, it's I love it too because I've always been, I mean, you know, disclaimer, me and Tessa are both only children with, I know, yes, it explains a lot. But, you know, I, even when I was starting my business, you know, single entrepreneurship, like, you know, I've been, I've been single, like literally in romantic relationship for five years. I was on my own in my business. Like I had a, an assistant, but most of it, it was like, it was the me show, you know? I think we both had a lot of resistance around hiring support. Yeah. Yeah. But that's because we never understood what it was like to be part of a bigger team and what the benefits of being in a team was because previously, even with relationships, either men or like hiring people, I'd be like, oh my God, that's another person I have to like look after. That's another person like- Another person I, to babysit. Yeah, that I have to babysit. Drain like, me. That's going to drain me. So I never had the the outlook of that this is going to make me more. This is going to make me better. And what I actually realized, like being in this community, and I mean, my gosh, even especially because we're, we're breathwork practitioners, we've had to witness so many people like reliving their deepest, darkest traumas. We've had, we've yeah. literally held in our arms so many people yeah. crying and suffering and hurting. And, um, you know, both me and Tessa, I mean, at this point, hundreds of people within our community, like we have literally had our hands on them as as body workers and breathwork practitioners, like helping them move through some really gnarly shit. Like, it's crazy how much you can know, get to know someone in that way without ever actually talking to them about what was yeah. making them cry, you know? Right. Like I, I, I may not have had a conversation. I may, may not know what someone's job is or like what they like to do for hobbies, but I know what their like deepest mother trauma is because I held them in that my arms so as they powerful. sobbed. You know, so having that, you know, it's not just about community, but the, the role that we've been playing in the community, which is really as, as, as space holders and, and every week, like holding a circle with our, you know, teacher and our co-facilitators where we see like all aspects of emo, emo, human emotion, like people screaming, crying, being in peaceful bliss, like everything on the spectrum we've held space for, for our community. And, uh, and that has been our contribution to, to them. Right. And that's not to say that, you know, the, the immense amount of contribution that, and how much we've received from being yeah, part of this community. Yeah, because we also receive it. And just so FYI, much. space holding basically means that you have the capacity to like be there and be present with someone when they're going through something and not judge them and just come from a place of acceptance and love. Yeah. Yeah. Which is trained. You know, I remember the first time me and Tess did a group breathwork session. Oh my God. Oh my God. We were freaking out. I hated it. Yeah. I hated it too. I'm like, I don't know. I don't want all these people to hear me cry. I don't want to be vulnerable in front of all these people. I don't want to like, I don't want, I don't want to like lay here and listen to the person next to me cry. What the fuck is wrong with that person? You know, which was all coming from fear and, and from like that refusal to want to open up to anything bigger than yourself. And so what I've learned from the experience is number one, I've grown, there's so many times where I remember like, you know, like our birthday where yeah. so many people came and showered us in love and showered us in blessings and support. I remember times where I had a, I was having a really hard time and I would have like a friend, you know, or, you know, even an acquaintance be like, Hey, let me sit down with you and help you with this. You know, so many, you know, my business strategist friend sitting down with me and helping me map out a business, my, you know, healer friend sitting down with me and helping me like, you know, 
heal through or or, or talk through like a, a childhood wound. And then on the other hand, how many freaking free hypnotherapy sessions I've given to people in my community and breathwork sessions and things like that. So there's so much exchange that happens when you have this container of like, let me help you. And then whenever feels good or whenever feels ready, like come help me. And there's this like fluid giving and receiving of each other's gifts and services in a way that is like, well, we're all part of the same team. We're all part of the same community. So of course we're going to help each other. Yeah, no, I remember on our birthday. So we had a little small get together and there were a couple of key people of mine that didn't show up. And I was also feeling particularly lonely at that moment in my life. It was just genuinely a hard time. Mm -hmm. And our breathwork teacher like heard this and then had this birthday dinner for me. And you know, half of the people there, I didn't even know that while they were just in the community, but they all showed up and they got me like little like crystals. And it was just, and that was that moment was where I was like, wow, like even though I've lost something, someone really important to me. And then I also didn't have these people show up for me at my party. Yeah. I have this support and these like loving people who are just there for me and they have my back. And I don't even, I don't even know what their jobs are. Mm-hmm. Literally no idea. Mm-hmm. But and I know their, I feel like I know their soul. Yeah, for sure. And that's the lesson. It was, you know, I know that you've gone through a variation of this as well for me. It was even around, you know, that transition of making from the business being about like me to like, actually, I'm growing something that's much bigger than myself. And yes, I need to hire a team and work with them in a team setting. Like, I feel like I learned to be a team player and a leader, both at the same time Mm. from participating in this community. It was like my school for being a better business leader you know? And yeah, the way that I have communication conversations with my team members, like it's just completely changed. So that has been a really powerful lesson in community. And uh, yeah, any, any other big one that stands out to you, Tess? I think the biggest thing is, and that I'm excited to apply is that, and we, we also touched on this a little bit, but like, this isn't just a temporary thing. Like it might be actually easier to create this experience in a community, but you can take this anywhere you go. Like this isn't fleeting. Mm -hmm. This is something that you have inside you that you can bring out into the world and start to cultivate wherever you go. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And just being able to communicate with people and share the gifts that you've learned from this experience and just, yeah, never, you don't have to feel alone anymore in that way. Yeah, and that's a big that's a really big insight because especially during this like time in in human history, uh, a lot of people are probably feeling yeah. very very alone, and it's really important to understand that you are not alone. You're not alone. There are people out there who will bond with you in all, you know, we have breathwork community, you know, on my end, it's like entrepreneurship community, there's a breathwork community, there's like a feminine goddess power energy (laughs) community, there's all, there's so many ways to band together with other people, and even if you are in a position where you can't do it physically in person. That's that's the gift of, you know, the online world. It's like mm-hmm. being able to get into, like, create, like, Zoom, you know, yeah. internet communities. And I think just being generous. Like, it's made me a more generous person where... I don't feel like I love giving now because it's it's not about getting receiving back in that moment. It's just knowing that you're creating these connections with people that are going to spread and pan out. And like at some point later, someone's going to have your back and that you've built this beautiful relationship with them. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the big lesson of, of all of this is that this existence, this human existence is bigger than you, Yeah, you know, and it's it's we poison ourselves when we tell ourselves that it's only us 
you know, and, and we think that, oh, well, nobody understands my experience and I'm special and nobody gets me. No one's ever going to get me or I'm alone and nobody cares about me. And all the, the shitty disempowering stories that yeah. we tell ourselves to justify why it is that we deserve to be alone or why we are alone. And I'm going to say this over and over again because it's something I had to learn really the hard way because I used to be like that as well yeah, is same. you are not alone full stop you're not alone once you realize you're exactly the same as everyone else like i know there's all this good stuff about feeling special but honestly there's it's so much more beautiful to look the other way and be like i'm just a human having an experience with other humans Mm -hmm. and like let's do this together yeah and you know that's not to to shut down individuality you guys are all special in your own way you're all special and you're not yes you know yes both can exist in the same paradigm because individuality is like, I, 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 the way I see it, it's like the flavor. It's like you have your soul has a flavor, but at the end of the day, it's all soul. Mm-hmm. It's just one big ass soul split into however many billion pieces. It's we're part of something much, much bigger. And, and then you bring like your own special flavor to the table. But don't lose sight of, of you know, the fact that this is bigger than you, you know? And, and, you know, for those of you, like I said before, like who are like physically alone or physically isolated, like, you know, unfortunately, sometimes like there isn't much that we can do about that, especially like what's happening right now. We can't change the laws. We can't change the rules. We can't change like what the external circumstances are, are creating for us. But there's always a way like in this case in the digital world, but find your tribe is what I'm saying. Actively, if you don't have a tribe, actively look for your tribe it is so worth it and as tessa was saying you find your tribe by putting out the seeds like giving helping other people sharing yourself with other people and you know what you'll find is that the more you put yourself out there the more you're helping the more you're giving you'll find and even like directly saying like hey if you know of any events that you can invite me to i would love to like please invite me or if you know of any fun communities or any fun masterminds or any fun groups like please let me know and putting yourself out there and then when you're in that group like how can you serve how can you be of value in that group because i mean I think what you and I, I mean, I'm looking into Tessa's beautiful green eyes right now. And what you and I have truly profoundly learned is that the more we give in these kind of containers, it just comes right back. Tenfold even. Tenfold. And it comes back from this, it's this really lovely, it's not like here, I'm going to pay you $500 for this service and then you're going to give me a transaction back. It's like this. I'm going to support you through this hard time. And I know that you have my back when it's my turn, you know? And not only that, I know that you and Joe and Bob and whoever the fuck that maybe I haven't even directly met yet has my back when it's time, because that's just the, the flow. Like it's creating, I see community as creating this container and you just keep like investing into the container. It's like love bank or whatever you want to call it. And it just keeps giving back and you'll never know if it's coming from your best friend or your partner or like some random friend of a friend of a friend that you've never met. Like you just simply, I mean, I've had people supporting me in the past 15 months or giving me words of wisdom that I even like never hung out with again and and gave me like this value that grew me as a person. That is so beautiful. Mm -hmm. My heart is just exploding right now. I love community. It's so fun. 
So yeah, those are, yeah. No, I think think that's pretty much it. Although I will say also we do we both are involved in online communities that are really supportive. We just wanted to specifically yeah narrow in on the village experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, so it's I wouldn't say it's unique to like in terms of the world, but at least from our backgrounds, it feels quite unique. But all but the lessons are actually quite universal, yeah. and you're able to take them. With yeah, you. of course. Like you know, me and Tessa like big city girls being like, oh my god, we're in a village. Like that's there's nothing like super novel about that. Yeah. Uh, I'm pretty sure there's People like Holly, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hollywood movies about that. But what we really wanted to bring home for you was just reconnecting. If you can take some time today to to think about like what are my communities and if you don't have one remember you're not alone so what what can you get involved in what communities can you create for yourself so that you can tap into this bigger sense of of self you know because it's really there's that quote from the wild i forgot it was like happiness is not real unless it's shared yeah you know and and human experience is meant to be shared we're not to be not meant to be alone or isolated yeah so you know taking some time today to to really just sit with that and ask yourself what are my communities how can i like if you have community whether it's online or in person like what can i how more how can i show up more how can i show up better how can i open myself more and give just fully knowing that that that's going to come right back to you because hashtag karma and for those of you who don't have a community just asking yourself what do i want to be a community part of a community of like and asking yourself what are your interests like maybe you really like bdsm so go find a bdsm community maybe you're super geeky about crypto find yourself a crypto community. Maybe you like really want more support with your business, like find yourself a group program or, or it doesn't even necessarily have to be paid. Like, you know, a entrepreneurs unite kind of community, but don't just sit there letting yourself be, be isolated because we promise there's just so much more growth when you start expanding beyond the identity of just you and you turn it. I think Muhammad Ali made, I'm like quoting all, all over the place. It's like, uh, change like go from me to we you know and there was a much more epic quote about this i'm sorry i'm not delivering it today but it's it's that transition of me to to we and i think that what i've no i don't think that i know that what i've learned from being part of a community for 15 months has absolutely accelerated me as a human being as uh, a businesswoman, my heart has exploded. I found love in this community. I found like a place that I love to live in. I, I found belonging. I found home. I've, I've found so much. And as I was telling Tessa before, and she was like, oh my God, what? I, I don't think, and I don't actually know if I could ever go back to living in a city again or a place that doesn't have community because that's how important it is to me and uh, just remembering online in person it doesn't matter we just wanted to hone in on the in-person experience because i think both of us have been used to the online experience and we haven't had the in-person experience yeah, and it seriously. was just so powerful to us and um yeah looking forward to seeing how i can take these beautiful gifts and bring them back to los angeles and also stay connected with all my village peeps <laughs> village slash town peeps so yeah. yeah. Anyway, that was uh, that was the episode today. I think Hope you loved it. Yeah. Well, do you think you're, we're done? I think we're done. I think we're done. Yeah? I feel okay. complete. I know. I I could feel that you felt complete. So yeah. So anyways. I hope that you've enjoyed this, learned from this, took notes from this. You have your key, your homework and your key takeaways. And um, what's left to say? Well, if you love this episode, 
please take a screenshot and tag me at Celine DaCosta and beautiful Tessa at Tessa Mac and let us know why you loved it. Share the love. Let us know what you liked. If you have any questions, what you want us to talk more about, what you want us to talk less about, do it nicely. Morning. And uh, and yeah, you know how to find us. TessaMac.com, SelenaCosta.com and that's our truth pudding for today. Slurp it up and have a beautiful day or night wherever you are. Thank you for listening to this episode of Truth Pudding. If you enjoyed today's serving of radical honesty and deep dive conversation, please support the show by giving us a five-star review wherever you happen to download your favorite podcasts. We'll see you along with the rest of our tribe of conscious entrepreneurs and ambitious weirdos in the next episode. Mwah. <laughs>